Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. is the biggest week of the year it is super bowl week Roz, pats eagles pats are minus four and a half i know we're gonna break down the game but like we always got to do now give us an update la you got a job yet girlfriend gained 10 pounds tell me the story lost 10 pounds no girlfriend still looking at a job mm. but i'm working at buffalo wild wings mm. so still working on that sports franchise game getting to watch sports to make sure that i bring you the most recent updates they charge you for all the wings to. you eat in the I'm back sporting it. i uh no wings i have uh like i said i've been on a decent diet other than the fact that i'm eating captain crunch in the mornings but i do on most mornings start with a nice double scrambled eggs with some bacon turkey bacon to be healthy no nitrates no nothing so it's been good. I'm in my new, we're in a new studio now, not in the car anymore. I'm very excited for this opportunity. I've got this nice apartment here on Hollywood Boulevard. So I'm basically right near the Walk of Fame. That's where my star is going to go in 20 years anyways. So that's what's been going on with me. Still working on the job, but who knows? Sporting Edge might have some breaking news coming to you guys in the next week and a half. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I don't know what you're talking about, but hopefully something good. Um, you know, let's hit on a little news first. I know we got Super Bowl to break down, but I thought we'd get a little taste of the MLB. I know we uh, we talked about Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain going to the going to the Brewers last week and some big news. Um, not really worried as a Cubs fan, but definitely makes you think a little bit that the Brewers are they're going for it. I mean, they they got a young, pretty decent pitching staff. I think not a lot of big names, but um, Zach Davies, I think a guy who kind of anchored that staff and. I'm trying to remember the other name. Corey Kniebel, great closer. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's some MLB news going on right now. And also Mark Appel, former overall number one pick in 2013, is is hanging up the cleats, Roz. He's done after hanging uh, up the cleats? After five years in the pros, he's he's finally hanging it up to pursue a business career. And kind of, kind of disappointing um, if you're the Astros' number one pick. Um, <laughs> was it not working out down in the in whatever single A, double A, triple A for him, or he was only, it really just he was driven by business? No, got got up to triple A, but just could never quite cut it. Dealt with a lot of injuries in his career. And little trivia for you: Mark Appel will become 
only the third number one overall pick of all time to never play an inning in the major leagues. The other two guys were Brian Taylor, drafted in 91 by the Yankees, and Steve Chilcott, drafted by the 1966 Mets. So definitely not a list you want to be on if you're a former number one pick and, and you look at the guys who were drafted right after him. Number two, Chris Bryant went to the Cubs, has already won a World Series and MVP and Rookie of the Year. The number three pick of that draft was John Gray, who's thrown over 330 innings for the Colorado Rockies and is uh, is one of the better young pitchers in the major leagues. Aaron Judge also came out of that draft. So, you know what? Good luck to Mark Appel and whatever he does, but he, he just, didn't, just didn't cut it. Didn't even get to the major leagues. And that's an unfortunate thing, but here at the Sporting Edge, we've already made it to the major leagues. Let's talk about a different set of major leagues, the NBA. So there's this new curse going around, and I don't think it's actually been mentioned or put out into the universe yet, so I'm actually going to start this. So this is hashtag this all you want. This is the Roz curse, the Madden curse? It's It's not the Roz curse. It's the LeBron curse. So we did our picks last week. We talked a little bit about the All-Star game. LeBron James has now had three of his teammates for his All-Star team go down with injuries that lasting a minimum of eight weeks, starting with John Wall, or actually starting with DeMarcus Cousins tearing his ACL, which is an RIP DeMarcus Ruptured Cousins. Achilles. Ruptured Achilles. Not. Ruptured Achilles. Let's get our news right. My bad. There's so, so many different parts of the leg that I don't actually know. All he had to do was make that free fake. throw, and this would never have happened. But he had to miss it and run for the rebound. Ruptured his Achilles. Very bad news for the Pelicans. That's all just a matter of free throw training needing to be more persistent. I know I don't know if you've heard the story about the KU free throw incident where there was a wild fan who went to the dorm rooms of the KU basketball team and demanded that he teach them himself how to make free throws. Very weird situation. Hopefully that never happens to you if you're a collegiate athlete. Back to my point, Kevin Love also injured broken hand. He's out six to eight weeks. And another knee injury, meniscus, I believe, for John Wall, sidelining him for six to eight weeks. They do have their replacements, Paul George, who I said I would take for my team when we did our original draft. Andre Drummond, who has been pissed about him being originally snubbed from the All-Star game. He gets a look. And how about this, Goran Dragic replacing now Kevin Love on LeBron's All-Star team. Yeah, you know, it's weird. LeBron just pick, picking all the injured guys and Kevin Love coming off what has been a pretty rough couple of weeks. I mean, getting getting chastised by Isaiah Thomas and company. Um, I mean, the Cavs have been, they've been up in arms all season and I don't know if I see an end to this. I mean, Kevin Love, say what you want about him, but I think he's a pretty key piece to that team. And is LeBron going to lead his team to another, another uh, NBA finals? I'm not going to say championship because I don't think they're going to win it this year, but you know, what is what is the outlook for the Cavs the rest of this year? I mean, I don't think this All-Star game has any say on that. I don't think this Kevin Love injury ultimately is going to have any say on it. What I think it hurts in the short term is trade options. I think Kevin Love was on the board. If it's not, it hasn't been mentioned, I just think it it's a behind-the-scenes type thing that they're looking to move some pieces. LeBron was very vocal about it, let's be honest. LeBron called out his general management staff for the fact that they didn't go out and get a bigger name for Kyrie Irving. But you know, you know what the weird thing big. about that is? LeBron is the general manager of the Cavs, so I think that's a little bit on him, wouldn't you think? He was the general manager of the Cavs. They fired that general manager this past offseason and brought in this new fresh face that David Griffith it was the one who got fired or if it was Griffin I apologize for mispronouncing another name Jared Rubin um 
he was fired, and that was really the LeBron committee. That's who LeBron went to to talk about deals and everything. Or did New that GM guy go to place. LeBron? Which way? Which way was it? If you're the one who's claiming it was LeBron's team, so I I did agree with you previous to that. And this year, it's a new guy, it's a new game plan, and it's more looking like they were expecting to get this number one overall pick from the Brooklyn Nets. And I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case anymore. So. Plans are backfiring. Trades aren't going through. The Cavs haven't really improved this year. In fact, I think they have digressed, which isn't a word, but whatever it is, it, it is a word. Just, just wrong, to... wrong context, but it's okay. Move on. Yeah, whatever. Whatever the reverse of. Progressing I'm still is, a little bit salty that I never got to see LeBron James, Kyrie, Anthony Bennett, and Andrew Wiggins playing the same team because that was going to happen if that Kevin Love trade didn't happen. And that was that would have been quite a sight to see. I mean, Anthony Bennett might have had a totally different career if he were allowed to stay on the Cavs with LeBron and Kyrie and Andrew Wiggins. But they had to get greedy and get Kevin Love. So what are you going to do? You are, you're very interesting to me as a person. And I don't know if all these listeners have begun to understand your personality type and what you're what you imagine, what you see being fit in this day and age and in reality. You're so optimistic about certain athletes that it blows my mind, whether it's the Andy Daltons of the world, whether it's maybe what Anthony Bennett could have been of the world. Number one pick. RG3, I don't even – you might have been on the RG3 bandwagon. I don't even know about that. I know you're very against Andrew Luck, so I won't even go in that direction. But you really do find these athletes to kind of jump on their bandwagon per se, and that sounds bad, but you you, you like them. And you, there's always the shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to have you, you know? hold that thought because we're coming up at the end of the first segment. If you miss the show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm. We'll catch you after the break, everybody. And we are back, everybody. It's the sporting edge, and Roz was in the middle of a a beratement of wits so why don't, you, why don't you just keep it going i don't know if it's so much a beratement it was a pretty big beratement. I don't know if it's a beratement. that's, that's a big word for me to use but uh, that, that's what i felt like i don't it's just you have this weird knack to find athletes that you think possess so much potential yet they don't actually i mean i cannot tell you that you you will never have a pass again just like i'm not allowed to bet on this upcoming super bowl any mortgages, any loans, any savings, I'm done with that. You're not allowed to tell me about another player ever again. And that stems from Andy Dalton, who you Clint that stems from Andy Dalton and Tyler Eifert, actually, to be honest. And it stems from what the Bengals produced this year, what the Bengals have produced every single year. It's just, I can't be, sit there with you and say Andy Dalton's a good quarterback. And you do that with other quarterbacks as well. So Name one. So this Anthony Bennett thing that you brought up, I'm trying to remember right now which quarterback <laughs> nice. you're on board with. Nice. I can't at the exact moment, but you you get those occasional like I know you weren't the Jay Cutler guy because that's our other friend, but you have quarterbacks. Who Never was. So, so I was a, I was a Kyle Orton guy. I think we could have used that first round pick for something else. The Bears could be in a completely different spot right now. But after those eight disgusting years with Jay Cutler, we had one playoff appearance, one NFC Championship game, and a and a torn MCL for Jay Cutler, in which he you know was walking up and down the stairs to dinner that night. I, I hate to say that I was right, but I think I was. All right. I mean, again, the anti the Andy Dalton thing's going to trump everything you're saying to me. But since we are talking about quarterbacks and we've cl- clearly shifted from Anthony Bennett and the NBA to the NFL and Andy Dalton, let's talk about a quarterback trade that has absolutely blown my mind this week. Yeah. I cannot understand what it is about teams that they don't like Alex Smith. 
what, tell me what wasn't working in Kansas City with Alex Smith. I first off would put the blame on Andy Reid. They have the talent. They have the explosiveness. Their defense is unbelievable. And maybe they needed another coordinator to get that defense to really pop. But they're also dealing with injuries. This Kansas City team looked good enough to continue to compete for years to come with Alex Smith. I don't know what the whole hate of Alex Smith thing is, but for him to be I, dude, traded to the I, Redskins blows my mind. I don't think it's really there anymore. I mean, and I listened, I listened to his entire interview with um, Big Cat and PFT on Pardon My Take, and kind of really interesting. Um, you know, he talked about the beginning of his career, how, you know, there was so much pressure being the number one pick and kind of just being surrounded by that everywhere he went. And I think Alex Smith has kind of blossomed, um, I was going to say into a flower, but into a pretty damn good NFL quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he was he was first known as the check down artist and he, he went over that as well. And, and he's kind of, he's kind of owned everything. And, and he absolutely I think, went over that this year. Look at all the plays he had. To I know. I, I agree. Plays downfield to Travis Kelsey. I agree. You know what? And I think there's, there's like three big stigmas of NFL head coaches around the NFL. It's like Bill Belichick wins the just wins all the time, no matter what. As long as he has Tom Brady, he wins. Marvin Lewis never wins a playoff game and Andy Reid <laughs> knows how to blow a playoff game. Like those are the three biggest coaching stigmas, I think, in the league right now. And the fact that they got rid of Alex Smith, I agree with you, it was it was kind of weird. It was like I'm not going to say the Chiefs were ever going to be the favorite to make even make it to the Super Bowl or the yellow alone win a Super Bowl, but I think they had enough talent on that team. I think that is a talented enough team that could get you to the big game. And now they're going to put it in the hands of Patrick Mahomes, a guy who could be great but unproven, hasn't hasn't really played yet. And we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I think we got to look at the other side too. Really weird for the Washington Redskins that – after all this drama over the past three years with Kirk Cousins that they never signed him to a long-term deal and now are going to pay Alex Smith, 20, I don't know, 20, 25 million bucks a year? I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't make much They're, sense to me. Well, to be fair, they can't franchise they can't franchise tag Kirk Cousins anymore. I know. Why, that why did they never they sign can, him? They, they, I don't understand why they didn't sign him, but it's time for Kirk Cousins to move on. I know for sure he does not want to go to Cleveland, which leaves Cleveland, to me, with the availability to one draft Saquon Barkley as well as their next quarterback. Again, starting to build on what could be a great future for the Browns, if there ever will be a future for the Browns. What I'm hearing that's interesting to me, real quickly, Von Miller, huge advocate right now for bringing Kirk Cousins to the Denver Broncos. I was about to say, let's talk about where Kirk Cousins might end up because I the Broncos were number one on my list. And I think that is a team that I think is, is a quarterback away from being the team they were a few years ago with the crippled Peyton Manning um, and, and being a team that could easily win the Super Bowl again with that defense. I know they had a, had a horrible year, but, I mean, when you got guys like Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, and what's his name? Trevor Simeon under center. I mean, it's, it's Northwestern a, grad. It's a hard road. And Kirk Cousins at Denver, I mean, that's interesting because you got Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, guys who can get downfield. Um, that that would be the ideal landing spot. I think that would that would make the Broncos, I think, the favorite to win the AFC West again. It's interesting. I think with 
I, I don't give all this credit in the world to a coach, but I think what we saw from Derek Carr in the Pro Bowl, I know it is a Pro Bowl. Derek Carr is still that quarterback to me in the AFC West. And I think John Gruden coming in is going to have a formula that's going to make that team excel. So they're going to be the favorite to me. But I do think the Denver Broncos become relevant again. They are done with their quarterback carousel. They're going to put, they're going to plug Kirk Cousins, who's going to have the best two receivers he's had since being in the NFL, I believe. I mean, Demarius Thomas's draft value and fantasy is only going to skyrocket from there. I really do like Dallas as the team to take him. I mean, there's a couple other teams right now in the league. That Dallas with could be Dak Prescott, do you think they're going to take him? What? I, I don't what think are, the are you are you drinking the, the liberal soda out there in L.A.? What do you mean? You, it just doesn't make any sense that he would go to Dallas. I never said they would go to Dallas. I thought you just said Dallas. That's what I heard. Am I hearing things no. now? No, I said there's yeah, there's many other teams. I was saying that he could fall into place and play for. I mean, Philip Rivers. Now this is a long shot on my end. Philip Rivers getting up there in age. Obviously, maybe it's time for them to change the guard. I know Philip Rivers still putting up those numbers, but just like you said, Marvin Lewis is a perpetual loser. There's no better loser in the game of football than Philip Rivers to me. I, I think, think Mar- Marvin Lewis should just go coach the Chargers, or the Chargers should trade Philip Rivers. To the Bengals, it, it Bengals. would be. Um, they they just deserve <laughs> to, team, to end up together. They do. They just cannot win. But obviously, there's the obvious other teams right now. That is the Jets. That is the Giants. I mean, they brought in new people in the front office for the Giants, and they're going. Their plan is to draft a quarterback. Yet they said Eli Manning is their day one starter starting next season. So that's interesting to me. But I also love the development of a quarterback on the bench. Look at Aaron Rodgers for instance. I mean, four years behind Brett Favre, and I think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback in the league right now. I'm yeah. saying the greatest because we know Tom's playing on Sunday. Yeah, but I would agree. I think Kirk Cousins I think Kirk Cousins would be good for the Jets even. I think the Jets have a pretty decent team if Robbie Anderson could ever stop doing drugs and getting in trouble. I think he was a pretty impactful rookie receiver. I don't know. I think it, that would be also present the opportunity for more development if need be if they do j- draft Josh Rosen behind Kirk Cousins. So there's a couple landing areas. It would definitely shake up the draft and everything. I just think Denver, like you said, is probably the best area for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and you were talking about John Gruden and Derek Carr. I can just imagine when John Gruden signed that deal, him just thinking just thinking up a tweet like uh, going out on the open road with my favorite vehicle, Derek Carr. <laughs> Just, just a, tip, a typical Gruden I how tweet. Long that took you. I've been thinking about it for like the last two minutes. I, I love his Twitter account. It's, it's the best fake Twitter account I think around. Um, so yeah, NFL, a lot of interesting stuff going on. But I think a big theme is that. There's can I bring a, up. Go ahead. Can I bring up a quick thing in the NFL? Sure. So you I got about, you got about ten seconds. I'll be quick. I'm going to let Xander lead us off. There's a conspiracy theory I'm bringing to the sporting edge after the break. Okay, we got a conspiracy theory coming up. But in the meantime, what I was going to say is that the NFL and quarterbacks, there's a lot of trouble. There's a lot of teams that are constantly searching for just to, just anybody, anybody who can throw the ball. I mean, there's so many teams out there that just constantly put garbage and garbage under center and it's a, it's an epidemic in the NFL, and that's why I think a guy like Kirk Cousins is going to be so highly sought after. Because you know how many you know no matter what you think about the guy that he, you know, never makes the big play when you need it, which is true. He can throw the ball, and he does make a good decision every once in a while. So he, he's going to get paid. 
It just depends where he ends up. But in the meantime, that's all the time we have here. It's Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We will be back after the break. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics and the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the Bubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Bubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back at the Sporting Edge. And before I cut off Roz so rudely at the end of the last segment, I know he wanted to go off about something. So hit it on me. We haven't had a Rosie or Roz rant in a while. So I'm mm-hmm. coming out here. I began earlier in the season this conspiracy theory. When Aaron Rodgers went down, we saw the true natures of this Packers team. And maybe I'm not the one to spark this theory, but a lot of people are saying that the pieces that have been put around Aaron Rodgers have not been enough. There is no promotion of Packers winning Super Bowls. There's no promotion of Aaron Rodgers bringing this team to the Super Bowl. It only got made worse today. The Green Bay Packers have released the quarterback coach that Aaron Rodgers has loved and been with since his entire time in Green Bay and didn't even notify Aaron Rodgers about it leading to Aaron Rodgers coming out and saying he was he was blindsided, he's disappointed, and doesn't know what's going on from here. This is a problem. I think the time, there is a risk factor right now in Green Bay that Aaron Rodgers can leave the Green Bay Packers when his contract is up. I, being the Packers fan I am, would be heartbroken. I know my my lifetime Packer fanness would be in some serious trouble, as you don't usually get three Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back to back to back. So I need things to start settling down. I need Mike McCarthy to take his thumb out of his butt, call the right plays, lead them to a Super Bowl. I need the new predecessor to not con- a GM position behind Ted Thompson. I need him not to screw this up. I need this free agency to be one that provides some star talent to this roster. So when we head into the draft, it's not a draft or bust situation going to next season. This Packers team needs to become unified once again. I feel like it's in a bit of disarray. And I know that I'm a Packer fan and none of you care to hear my concerns, but I am at a very serious concern level right now. Yeah, well, I mean, the Packers, I think for the past three or four years, um, obviously they've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but haven't been able to stay healthy, haven't been able to put it together on defense and even with all the weapons on offense, just just simply haven't gotten it done. And before we get to the Super Bowl, because I know that's what we want to talk about, I have to give a, a little FaceTime. Blake Griffin gets traded at the Pistons in an absolute shocker that not even he was privy to until he found out on Twitter. Um, my immediate thoughts on him going to the Pistons is that the Pistons are trying to recreate what Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and Chris Paul had in L.A., 
with Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It seems like they it's just, a poor man's version. <laughs> it, it's a poor, it's a poor man's version of that Clippers team that was a, like a poor man's version of a championship team. So that kind of leaves the Pistons. I think is like a very, very solid playoff team, like a like a six seed for years to come. But I mean, I just don't see it, and and I feel bad for DeAndre Jordan. Um, that there there is nobody left on that team but him and Austin he won't, Rivers. He won't be a Clipper for long. I know, but he, he was going to be a Maverick a couple years ago. Just as much on the trade block. True. I mean, this trade, it's so fun you explain the trade the way you did because that's the only way I've been explaining it to people, that this is now creating the exact situation in Detroit that was the problem in Los Angeles. So I don't know how this Blake Griffin trade is going to work. I know he just signed a massively long contract to stay with the Clippers, so that will carry over. So he'll be in Detroit for a while. He better learn some Eminem songs because he is not leaving the Dirty D for a minute. Um, it's a weird trade. It's an insignificant trade. It brings a superstar to the Eastern Conference. I would say that's probably the only good thing it does. Is he a superstar, though? The All-Star game, but I... I 22 points, seven rebounds is his stat line this year. It's down, I would say. Maybe he's not a superstar. I take that back. He is an elite player. He's maybe elite's too high there too. I'll put him I in tier what, two. I don't. He's not. He's not in my guy. tier one. I didn't even think not about drafting him in that All Star game. Saying that. No, I mean it's interesting. Just it's another player in the East that's going to lose to LeBron or the Boston Celtics. However, it's going to go this year. So. It's an insignificant trade would be the word I use. Yeah. Also, also Bulls trading Nico to they realized they couldn't tank with Nico. <laughs> no, Nico was playing well this year, but um trading him to New Orleans and so they're sending Nico in a second rounder and they're getting a first rounder, Omer Ashik, Jameer Nelson and Tony Allen. I honestly, I kind of like this trade for the Bulls. I mean, I think they're going to have two first-round picks in the top twenty, and which is what is going to be a pretty damn good draft class. And Jameer Nelson, I don't know what he's been doing, but I think the last time I saw him playing a game was like with the '09 Magic and Dwight Howard. Um, I know he's been around. <laughs> he for, do don't forget him. Yeah. Uh, so you know what? I like the draft pick and. You know, I was never a big Nico fan. I know he's playing well this year, but I thought we had to give a little love to the Bulls for possibly making something happen to kind of brighten up their future a little bit. Yeah, I think Omer Sheik was missing Chicago, so it's good to bring him back. Um, hopefully they have a better round this time with the Bulls. But, uh, yeah, again, another insignificant trade to me. Maybe the Bulls 10 years from now will look back on this being like, hey, this was the right move. Right now, I could care less. I mean, Chicago sports is only the Cubs and will only be the Cubs for the next five to ten years. Watch out for those White Sox. Maybe the White Sox. I take that back. I think this is a great time. This is a great time for baseball in Chicago. A horrible time for basketball, and I think uh, I think we're on the move in football. Could be a couple years though. And hockey, I know Hawks are Hawks are a little down this year. I haven't watched more than a period, I think, but I know Hawks aren't doing very well. Um, but enough with all this other <laughs> nonsense that, yeah, that was talking hockey and the sporting edge. But let's let's get to the big game, the the game that we've all been waiting for since day one. Um, if you remember game one of the year, everybody thought the Patriots were dead, got creamed by the Kansas City Chiefs and Kareem Hunt when he had you know 
400 yards after that first fumble, but here we sit. We've got the Eagles and the Patriots facing off in Minnesota. Patriots are minus four and a half. Let's hear your picks, Riles. We've been, we've been waiting for two weeks. So I got a call this week from Roger Goodell. I know I'm super important. Uh, he informed me I'm not allowed to make a pick on this game as I've been 0-6 leading up to this event. If you followed this show at all, you kind of know where my head is at. I've been one to lean towards somebody with experience, and there's really nobody in comparison to Tom Brady when it comes to experience in the Super Bowl. But a fun fact is the Patriots have 32 players that have played in 60 Super Bowls combined, while the Eagles only have seven players who have been to the Super Bowl, two of which won the Super Bowl last year with the New England Patriots being LeGarrette Blunt and Chris Long. Honest to God, for me, now I'm rooting for Chris Long. I hope the Eagles come out there and somehow beat the New England Patriots. I'm not sure I want to see Tom win another one, although Tom vs. Time has been one of my favorite Facebook shows. If people should totally go out there, I'm going to plug that. Tom vs. Time, great show. It's a documentary about Tom Brady's life and how he stays so fit and healthy and prepared at the age of the ripe age of 40. Honestly, at the end of the day, the Patriots are going to win this game. That's my pick. Nick Foles is a backup quarterback. I will say it every week until he retires. He is a backup, backup, backup quarterback. Patriots win this game 38-10. Wow. Big prediction there. Um, And a little bit about Tom versus time. I haven't seen any of it yet, but as just like a fan of sports in general, I don't know how you wouldn't want to watch it. You know, Tom Brady, I think, when it's all said and done, might be one of the greatest athletes of all time. When you look at his stats, when you look at his success in the big games, when you look at his overall career, I mean – like or hate him or the Patriots, like you got to respect what he's done. And I think the fact that, you know, if he had, if he had like a McDonald's cheeseburger right now, I think his body would go into like shock because he's in such good shape for a 40 year old man. So that the talks of him playing for another five or 10 years, I think a little ridiculous, but I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of the homegrown version. I think of an Adrian Peterson, just a body that is unlike anything else. But I think he's worked very hard for it. Herschel Walker. Yep, Herschel Walker too. But if you if, if you saw Tom Brady's um, combine highlights, he, he was definitely definitely not the most athletic of people. But the way that he's kind of he jokes about that, by the way. Yeah, and he just kind of revolutionized. I think you know just longevity in football and still being at the top of his game. I mean, I know Brett Favre is one of those guys who played 300 games, but. I think Brett Favre is like one or two steps away from needing a cane and a wheelchair with all the painkillers that he took. Tom Brady, still in unbelievable shape, and we'll we'll see what happens in this game, but I'm also going to side with the Patriots just because I think they're a better team, and I don't think there's anybody better at matchups and coming up with plays to beat the other team than Bill Belichick. I mean, he, he's proven it to us over the past what is it, 17 or 18 years with the Patriots, that there there really is no better technician at the game of football than Bill Belichick and also having the best quarterback of all time. It just has equaled success, and it's equaled success like no other team the NFL can even sniff over the past couple decades. But we're going to let you sniff on that for a little bit because we got four. We got segment number four coming up. We're going to break down every player that we four. know in the game. Quarter, and there we go, quarter number four. But in the meantime, this is the Sporting Edge. We are going to get back with more Super Bowl breakdown after the break. We got Tom Brady, Nick Foles, the backup, Cardale Jones. Is he going to do it? Is he going to pull off this unbelievable story? And 
put the QB situation in Philly in jeopardy next year? I don't know. We'll find out after the break. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, AMFM 24-7, and we'll be right back. And we are back, everybody. We were talking about Tom Brady and Cardale Foles right before the break. And, Roz, what a story it would be if Nick Foles were able to lead this Eagles team to a Super Bowl championship. I don't I don't really see any situation where Carson Wentz is not suiting up under center for Philly the next time he's healthy. But what what happens if Nick Foles somehow pulls this off against the Patriots and wins the Super Bowl? Well, we talked about it earlier with Kirk Cousins. If he pulls this off, then that provides a team in free agency the opportunity to pay him way too much money. Pay, Matt pay him Matt Flynn money. Have him, was, there you go. Matt Flynn money. That's basically. And he will start somewhere else in the NFL. There's no replacing Carson Wentz. That's I would agree with conclusion. that. Like I said, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz doesn't add so much to this game, even if he's playing it, because Tom versus – a kid, a, not a rookie, but basically a kid in his first Super Bowl experience. I know he has the legs. I know he's got a potential arm, but it's not that. It's Like I said, it's always experience. And this Eagles team, when I take a second to think about who are their star players moving forward, it, I can't even come across one. Alshon Jeffrey, who they just signed, can't be labeled as their star player. Their running back situation, I don't think Jay Jai or LeGarrette Blunt are star running backs. And I don't think there is, on a defensive end, due to some injuries, I don't think there is an outstanding defensive player. I know they got a lot of great players that have come together and kind of built up this Cinderella story with Nick Foles and everything. I just don't find it. In, in any case to be a year where Philadelphia is going to pull this one out. I think Carson Wentz, through experience, through years and veterans, what he would do in a veteran transition, I think he can bring this team back to the Super Bowl and really contend. I just don't I don't see it. I mean, again, with the backup quarterback, Nick Foles, I appreciate it because I think he's already made his money. He's going to go play elsewhere, but it's not going to happen this year. And I even if the hypothetical win situation for Foles he won't replace Wentz. They'll more just be he signed somewhere else for goo gobs of money. Yeah, that really really interesting thought there. But I think the key to this game is going to be two guys in the Eagles, Fletcher Cox and Chris Long, former Patriot. Um, are they going to be able to get any pressure on Tom Brady? I think I think the best recipe for success against Tom Brady and the Patriots was you saw a few years ago with Von Miller and Demarcus Ware um, with the Denver Broncos just just ate him up that game and even with um, the wheelchair ridden Peyton Manning the Broncos were able to win that AFC championship game and then go on to the Super Bowl so I think those two guys are going to be key you know to seeing can they get any pressure on Brady because it looks like Rob Gronkowski is going to be back he's been practicing on a limited basis so there's no shortage of weapons on the Patriots side of the ball I mean you look at Danny Amendola who probably had his best game of the year in the AFC championship game um and you got other you got 14 running backs on New England who can basically do anything. I mean, James White, Super Bowl hero last year, game-winning touchdown. I mean, there's a lot of weapons on this Patriots team and there there always is. Um but let's let's give a little credit to the Patriots defense too and Matt Patricia who's a guy who is going to be I think the head coach of the Detroit Lions next year. Um He's a guy who gets a little forgotten about, I think, with Bill Belichick being the head coach there. But this this Patriots defense has been has been phenomenal all season too. And is, is Nick Foles going to play as well as he did in the NFC Championship game? I, I find that very hard to believe. But 
you never know. I didn't think he was going to take down the number one defense in football and absolutely pick him apart and look like Aaron Rodgers against a team like the Cleveland Browns. I mean, but that's what he looked like, over 330 yards and three touchdowns. Um, so what's what's New England's answer going to be? Because uh, Philadelphia has some weapons too. I mean, you look at Nelson Aguilar. You brought up Alshon Jeffrey. Torrey Smith is a guy who might might make a big play in this game. Um, and then Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, there there's some weapons. And, and Zach Ertz. I mean, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, I th- this is going to be a tough matchup for the Patriots, even though I think they're going to win and cover. I don't know. I think that defense of the Patriots is overlooked due to how bad they did the first quarter of the season. But since then, they rank within the top five for defenses. I mean, with Stephon Gilmore, who they went out and signed this offseason, something the Patriots are very peculiar about. They don't just sign anybody and bring them in. He's been performing at the top level. Devin McCourty, obviously, in the back, has always been playing well. And then Malcolm Butler, Super Bowl hero against the Seattle Seahawks with that large interception, has turned into one of the more premier cornerbacks in the league. I think that is going to be the problem for Foles. And I know there's tons of talent on that Vikings team with Xavier Rhodes. I mean, Harrison Smith, there's tons of talent in that. And there's depth there. But I think this Patriots team has been there before, will come together. That Vikings team had never been in that situation before. I think Matt Patricia is going to coach an outstanding final game with the New England Patriots. He's going to move on to Detroit and cause some problems for me there in the NFC North. But – like I said, I think the talent pool that they've got right now in New England, the way they're vibing, the way they're gelling, I think their defense is at top level. And, again, that's going to cause a problem for Nick Foles because how many times can you go up against a brick wall and jump over it? I commend him for getting past the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think he's going to get over this hurdle that is the New England Patriots back or secondary. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I, I feel like James Harrison is just going to come out and have a huge game just in spite of everything that he went through with the Steelers this year. Um, Cause he, he, he's had a great, he's had a great career with the Patriots so far for the few games that he's been around. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what kind of plays he makes. And I, I remember still that Pittsburgh versus Arizona Super Bowl when he, uh, he brought that interception all the way back. One of the, one of the best defensive plays in the Super Bowl I've ever seen, I think. No, that was a that was a terrific Super Bowl on all accounts. And speaking of those Arizona Cardinals, just real quick, it was just announced that Larry Fitzgerald will not play for another team other than the Arizona Cardinals, which may result in his retirement this year. But that's that has nothing to do with anything that the Patriots and Eagles have going on. Yeah, like I said, nothing to do with the Patriots and the Eagles. But we got to talk about the other things that surround the Super Bowl. That is the prop betting. We got Justin Timberlake performing at the Super Bowl halftime show for the first time since he pulled off Janet Jackson's shirt. We've also got the notorious coin flip that kills 50% of the United States right off the bat. I mean, what's your favorite prop bet that comes around, Xander? Um, there's so many. I kind of I, I like the national anthem a little bit because it's kind of like that. It's the appetizer to the game. Um, every, you're so pumped for the game, and that people are taking out their phones trying to time the national anthem, getting pissed when you know this chick hits a high note and holds it for 20 seconds too long. It's kind of my favorite prop bet because I'm really betting on the game is more my my favorite thing. I'm not a uh, not into all the prop bets during the game, but yeah, I like the national anthem, the coin flip. I mean, those are those are nice little appetizers to the game. Quickly, pick your your Super Bowl MVPs respectively if the Eagles were to win or if the Patriots were to win the Patriots win I'm going to go out on a limb I'm going to say Danny Amendola is going to get the nod and for the Eagles 
If they win, I think it's got to be Nick Foles. Wow. Impressive picks. My end, it's going to be Tom Brady of the Patriots, no matter what the situation <laughs> is. Even Tom's if they lose? Carry this team to the finish. Even if they lose, I think Tom's going to take it. But I do have to be respectful and give the Eagles one of theirs. I'm going to say LeGarrette Blunt. I think they're going, to, they're going to figure out a way to do it on the ground. LeGarrette Blunt scores three touchdowns. That would be the way I'd see him winning Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, like his stat line's going to be like six rushes for five yards and three touchdowns. And, you know, you're just going to say, hey, forget about it. LeGarrette Blunt, game winning touchdown. I feel like that that could be a LeGarrette Blunt Super Bowl MVP line. Yeah, if they six, win 21 Yep, yeah, and real quick, got about 20 seconds left, but over 48 and a half, what are you thinking? Are you going to parlay the, pay, the Pats in the I'm over? Gonna, funny that I said the final score would be 38 to 10, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay mm. on the under. Wow, okay. I'm going to go on the opposite side. I'm going to go Pats in the over, but I'm, I'm usually not an over-under guy because just not, not a very good gambler in general, but I did have the Pats last year. They came back. Not only did they win, but they covered against the Atlanta Falcons. But in the meantime, that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. It's Saturday. Rest up. We got a big game tomorrow. Start time is 5.30 Central Time. That's 3.30 Roz Time, 6.30 New York Time. Best day of the year, in my opinion. Biggest event on TV. Don't miss it. This is Touchdown Tom versus Cardale Foles for all the marbles, and then we will say goodbye to football for a very long time, but we've got baseball to look forward to, and in the meantime, we're going to be stuck with college and pro basketball. That's a wrap, everyone. To Sporting Edge, we're out. AMFM 24-7, LibertyTalk.fm. Do not miss a show. Do not miss this show because it's Super Bowl week. Get pumped, and we will see you next week, everybody. Peace. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.